0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash
2: awards.
0: Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: The Edge Gun section is going to be super important this year in Fantasy 2023, the question you got going to ask yourself is, are you going to pick up a top gun in this position? Are you going to pick mid-rangers? Are you going to go cheapies? Are you going to pick a dual position guy that can switch between both? There are a few of them, but not as many as previous years. We started off with Isaiah Papali, who was a dual position guy last year and was a must have by the end of the year. If you look at the footy it had him as a 97% owned player by season end from top hundred and also the top thousand. So He's someone that I definitely think is going to be important at some stage of the season. Do you have enough space in your cap to pick him up now? At 8.86, he moves to the Tigers, averaged 62 last year. And if you look at the next highest average guy in this position, it is Angus Crichton at 52.9. So if you're looking at that, you're like, wow, is it super important to get him straight away? Or do we think that we can find some value elsewhere? Or do we think that he can actually keep up with that price point? Pros for him, he's super durable. The last couple of years, he's played almost every game. Had an amazing two years, obviously, uh, from that with the Eels. So he moves to the Tigers there, right? Clearly the best edge will be a must-have at some point. He definitely will be. The cons are, obviously, the super uh, expensive price tag, given he averaged a 62 last year. He's in a new team, so can he keep that up? Will he get as many scoring opportunities as he did last year? Obviously, running the ball, tackling if he's playing 80 minutes on an edge there, whether it's the left or the right. They do have John Bateman there, who's going to be a big minute edge as well. So will each, either of these guys be able to get the 80 minutes? You've got guys like Joao Fangawi and David Klemmer, who are also big minute middle forwards. So do they have the space for any of these guys to play 80? They're all you know, small questions that we need to ask ourselves if we're looking to pick up Isaiah Papali'i early on in the season, even you know round one there. Another big important thing is he does have a late buy in round 14. So with the edge guns, guys, we have 11 to pick from. I'll go through my top five and then I have a clear top value guy in this this section, which I know uh, a bunch of you guys will probably guess and he will be in my side come round one, I'm pretty sure. So number two, one of our two roosters guys in this video, Angus Crichton, he's coming in at 798, an average of 52.9. But unfortunately, if you look at what he's priced at, Unfortunately, it is twenty-seven k more than where he's where his Sean Lane is for only a point three difference in average. So they've priced Crichton up for those three games. I believe that he played off the interchange uh, in in the first you know, round three, four, five or two, two, three, four, uh, and and they've priced him up according to those lower minute games where he obviously averaged you know in the in mid to late twenties there. So he still has plenty of upside for sure. First try he scored was in round 19 last year. So you can put that down to a few things. Do you think that he's going to score more tries this year? Has he really dropped off a cliff or is he going to be completely fine? And it was just the Roosters having a lot of issues with injuries and bits and pieces like that, not playing their best uh, and him not getting enough ball on that left side. Because I definitely think that the amount of ball he was getting was much lower. He was used as a decoy a fair bit. He His, his meters gain was, was much lower. And he said this is his lowest average in many years. But the good thing is he has plenty of skill. He has plenty of attacking prowess and you know, plenty of upside in him here. So he's definitely someone that he's on my radar for sure. The cons for Crichton is that obviously he had an average season. He didn't really look himself. You look at him with 30 tackles there. It's not something we want in a guy that's priced at almost 800K and you know priced at 54.5, 50, 55 average there. You want them to have that base, that clear base of tackles somewhere in the 35 to 40 range, which we'll speak about with a few other guys we look at guys like Papalii and he has that awesome base of around you know that high 40s to 50 whereas Crichton's base is sitting in the in the high 30s when you take away those 2.2 missed tackles a game there. So if I talk about a base here, guys, which I will with a few of the next guys, it is the tackles plus the run meters minus the missed tackles at two per miss. So 30 tackles for 2.2 misses. He's only getting 25 and a half points there in tackles per game. So it's a little bit of a worry to go along with his lower meters gain of just over 100. Does he bounce back? That is the big question on our lips with Angus Crichton there. And let me know what your thoughts are around him because he's a very interesting player in this section are a bunch of these guys. We've got Sean Lane, Hudson Young, Dave Fafita, and guys like Nat Butcher, etc., to talk about who I think have a lot of interest from players. Sean Lane comes in at number three in terms of price point along with Hudson Young and also Dave Fafita. For average of 52.6 last year. So obviously he did really, really well. This is his best season by far and he's found a home at the Eels and has improved out of sight. So big thing here is the pro, he averaged 59 from round 11. So the first eight rounds that he played, he was solid. He did average 41. So it wasn't anything crazy. And then from there, he averaged at 59. So if you think that he can continue that play, because it even went on into the final series, which where he had an incredible final series, getting them all the way to the grand final. He was spectacular against the Cowboys there in that semi-final. And it's the left side, strong side. Dylan Brown's getting a lot better. The main issue I see for them is how Josh Hodson gets, you know, acclimatized into this side. Does he come out great? He is experienced. I think they'll be able to play both sides really well like they did with Reed. So that's probably the only real change on that left side. They've got plenty of attacking prowess down there and I think Lane can still do really well on that side. How much of a bump we could see from him? I'd seen something around the 55 mark would would seem conservative. There's a little bit of a risk for him to go at like a 50 average and also a chance for him to go closer to the 60 mark. So cons for him, obviously inconsistent. He had a pretty low start to the year and then was up and down a little bit but had a bunch of games where he scored tries and did a lot of work with the try assists etc and and tackle breaks and that got him into the 60s 70s 80s and he had plenty of of scores in the 30s to 40s as well and he has only done it for one season so plenty to think about with Shawnee Lane Hudson Young there with the Raiders came into his own last year and had a cracking year priced at 771 average of 52.2 his pros obviously Really improving as a player. Last year was his best year by far, and I think he can at least continue that and potentially get a little bit better. Very safe position for 80 minutes. He was also very consistent in that sense that he played almost every game and almost 80 minutes in all of those games. So this is a very true average for him there. Can he keep up this 80 minutes, the safe position, the improving? Can he keep it up? And can he make that lead?
0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
2: To the 55 plus, I think there's definitely a chance, but I have reservations. And those are that the fact that he scored 13 tries last year is really, really high. You can expect probably an eight to a 12 from him this year. 13 is pretty crazy. Now that he's really established himself as a superstar, edge in this game yes the Raiders are improving that is a tick but game plans are going to be made for him you know second year syndrome is is a thing when when someone pops and that could be similar to to Sean Lane we can make that argument Um, but Hudson Young superstar player very different to how Sean Lane does it but 13 tries in 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 that amount of time is I'm putting as a con as much as you think is, is a great thing it is but can he keep that up the 30 tackles and three misses so he's only getting 24 from tackles per game That base is just not low enough. It's not high enough, sorry, for me to think that he can average 55 plus. Dev Fafita with the Titans on the edge again, averaging uh, 771K and averaging 52.4. The pros, Kieran Foran, you have to say it will he be on his side? I'm not exactly sure. Fafita moved from the left to the right. more did really great at the left at the start of the year. So who knows? We'll find out through the trials, but I think Kieran Foreman can really get him a lot more ball. And that's all we need. Fafita's had so many games over the last bunch of years where he just hasn't been given enough pellet and he hasn't been able to run super well. Basically, you know, he'll have a, a few games, a few games and a few runs per game that he will run crazy. He'll get a bunch of tackle breaks, he'll score a try. And this is why his average was still 52.4. And most people say he didn't score. He didn't play very well last year. So he clearly has a 60 average in him. Are people going to jump on him from the start? I think they will. Only issues I see with him is that he has the buy round in number five, unfortunately. Very inconsistent and no real set role. Last year, he came off the bench. He played 50 minutes, he played 45, he played 60, he played 80. Plenty of different minutes, uh, roles, and different you know, game plans for Fafita. Will he be able to get a game plan that suits him and him get him getting plenty of ball? Really, that's what we're looking for with Dave because he has that captaincy option uh, with upside for sure. Both for more, his partner in crime. They average very similarly, and I see a lot more upside in Fafita. And you're only paying an extra 32k. Love for, for more as a player. Obviously, really, really consistent. Runs a great line. So did score a bunch of tries last year. He scored 11, and I actually see that as a little bit of a con as well, because you'd expect somewhere between that eight to 10 for a player like Bo. Unless the team really improves, I just can't see it happening, but he was such a focal point in attack last year, even more than Fafita was uh, for for majority of the year. So can we see an improvement from him? I'm not exactly sure. If you do plug him in, you could plug him in all year, to be honest with you. They do have the buy-in round five as well, which is a slight issue, but he's not he shouldn't be playing origin. And I think, you know, very, very durable, very consistent. You could plug him in for the entire year and he's not going to do you wrong. You know, I can't see him averaging under 50, but I can't see him getting up above that 55, unfortunately. So a little bit different to what I spoke about with Hudson Young. You know, 37 in the base there that includes the missed tackles and stuff so fairly consistent that way and if he can get some attacking upside in in tackle breaks and offloads and obviously tries tries assists and the like he uh, should be able to score pretty well but yeah a slight worry that you know with so many tries he still wasn't able to average a mid 50s there all right Olokowatu so with the Manly boys they have an early buy I believe around three for them And a 731K, averaging 51, I'm struggling to see a lot of upside. 32 base for him. So he's really relying on a lot of attacking stats uh, year in, year out. That 10 tries as well. I just see him as being fairly inconsistent if you look at his scores. And the pros for him, obviously. So there's a big one. There's some big ones. He's improving as a player. He's an absolute beast. Unstoppable close to the line. Super upside like that. Uh, But the the inconsistency, the, the bunch of scores in the 30s and then, you know, very rarely having a really big score, which is what we need with these types of guys. If he can get the 80s, 90s, 100s with a bunch of tries and then have that thirty, that high 30s game with the base, then it's going to be fine. But he just doesn't really hit the heights. If he's scoring tries, he's not getting the base stats, for example. So that's that. And I just think Turbo will be fit, hopefully. Uh, yeah, this is obviously pretty early se- in the preseason. We'll see how he goes overseas, but I think he'll be back and that's only going to help Manly Stocks, which you know, gets them more opportunities at him scoring and crashing over the line, especially... Keon Kolamatangi, I, I see him as a very similar player to Olokwatu above, just in terms of the attacking prowess. They're very, very good close to the line. He's obviously in a better team than what Manly, uh, than what Columat, uh, sorry, is is playing in with Manly. But I just don't see the upside for him. You're looking at 29 tackles as okay, but again, there's a few of these guys that have like the one below. Get a lot more tackles and a lot better base, and and you can see why they average in the mid fifties when they get their opportunity. So twenty nine tackles only for him with a couple of misses, and we're seeing too many high thirties and low forties scores from him without that big upside. Unfortunately, you're looking at scores, you know, only one or two scores above that sixty to seventy mark, which is uh, sorry, above that seventy mark, which is not what we need. Okay, three guys to go, and then we'll show you my best guns and value of this position. we got Nat Butcher here at 691k, an average of 45.5. So this is obviously, he has been priced up just a little bit, you know, a couple of points there to 47 and a half. But there is a reason for that. He had plenty of games off the interchange bench last year, plenty of games with lower minutes. But what happens here is you see him get a 56 average when he gets over that 60 minutes. So at the start of the year, we see... um, We see Satili Tupanua, who's going to be out for looks like a couple of months there to start the season. So that means he gets an opportunity on that right edge there to play over 60 minutes at least. You know, there's games in there that that are 66 minutes and stuff. But if he can get anywhere near 80, he's going to be averaging over 55. When you're pricing him at 47 and a half, there's at least seven to eight points of value with potential upside. Main issue for him there is the fact that he's got to buy-in round four. And obviously Satili is coming back. So if you can use him as a guy that can average mid fifties, make you 100K, and then move him on, if that's what happens, if Satilli comes back, or you may come off off the bench and, and we can work out what we're doing with Butcher or Crichton and all these types of guys. I think he's an absolute steal of a, of a player here who is the dual position guy of this group. It's him and Barnett that I can see at that slightly under 700 price point can really do some damage in NRL fantasy this year. And I'm, I'm tipping both of them to have their moments this season most likely and hopefully at the start of the season which can get most people off to a great start it might mean you don't have to spend up crazy in other positions and it's a strategy in this position sorry and it's a strategy I'm looking to use at this point of the season now that I've done the mids and also the edge we'll obviously wait to see what kind of mid-rangers and cheapies come up but it's a, it's a strategy I'm looking to use right now Butcher averaging 40 tackles a game when he does play over 60 minutes is massive. You don't have to worry too much about the attacking prowess, which he can he can show. He did have a four-try game last year, so he can do it. But if you're averaging 40 tackles and 90 meters, there's 49 in base. Take off a couple of missed tackles, 45 overall. All you need is a little bit of attacking stats in, in tackle breaks and offloads and a potential trial to here and there, and you're at a 55 to 60 average. So I see plenty of upside with Butcher, close to that eight to 10 points of value, which is going to be great. You know, he turns into a keeper and hopefully all year. But if not, you can move him on closer to that those buys or when Satili comes back, um, which would be unfortunate, but it is how it is. Tyson Frizzell there at 673, averaged 47.1 last year, was his lowest in the last three years by six points. So a 53 and a 56 there. You saw 56 in 2020 and 53, sorry, in 2020, 20- yeah, that's right, 2020 uh, and 53 the year before that. So one of those being the COVID affected affected year, which showed yeah, a much speedier game, plenty more tackles for him and stuff like that. But he didn't really have a great year last year. Another pro for him was he'll be running off Hastings uh, off his right shoulder there, which is going to be great for Frizzell. I can see plenty more run meters for him. Obviously Hastings like to run as well, but that ability for Hastings to run is going to open up some opportunities for Frizzell to score tries and just get tackle breaks and some big meters there, you know, getting one-on-one tackles and 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 really pushing forward an extra two to five meters each time. So I can see Frizzell is having definitely an opportunity to do pretty well. The cons for him obviously inconsistent last year and just didn't really have a good year at all, averaging 47. So if you're picking him up, you're looking to get him for the entire year and that he averages over 50. So with him not playing Origin, that is a tick for sure. He is getting older though, and it would be a risky pick, but I think it could definitely work. So if he's someone of interest for you in a Knights team that may improve a little bit with Hastings, hopefully Pong are playing a lot better, then he's definitely an option. And the last one here, guys, is Jeremiah Nanai. 645k. So that's the, the positive with him is that he's at the low end of these potential keepers. Average 45.1. So the pros for him obviously young and improving game to game. You can see that across the last year in a really, really good team, obviously in the in the Cowboys, my squad right here. They've been doing great last year and they can continue to do that this year. I think with him improving and a bunch of the other young guns doing really good work in Robson and obviously Cotter and, and Townsend running around the park with Dearden. I'm seeing a 50 average max. To be honest with you, he just has too many demerits, which I'll speak about in a sec. Uh, and I think he'd just be fairly frustrating, having some low games, having some high games in there. The incons- inconsistency could kill you if you if you do have him in your side. So definitely relying on talent with the amount of tries that he scored. He has a pretty low base and 3.5 missed tackles a game. So if you can, if he if he shows to the world that he can clean up those missed tackles, he can increase that base a little bit. Uh, and not fall off as many tackles. I think he's going to do a great job and he could average 50. He will play origin. He will be inconsistent. So there's other guys on this list that I think you can pick uh, in the Barnets, the, the Butchers and these types of players in your site and can, uh, can rest a little bit easier, go to sleep a bit nicer. Um, and have actually have a, a good night's sleep, as I'm saying there. So they're the 11 guys, and I'll speak for the guns now. I think Papali is very, very clearly on top. If he can average anywhere near that 62, he's going to be a goldmine. Unless you can get guys like Fafita, Lane, Crichton, or Hudson Young to average somewhere near that, then he's going to be the clear guy to pick. And you're getting that five to 10 points of extra, five percent extra points on top of other players, right? So if if you can't, if they can't find the value elsewhere, then you win with Papali there in your side. Fafita has the most upside and he's done it before. Sean Lane's his first year doing it, but I think he's going to have a really good season unless, you know, there's some weird drop off and he just it was just first year of him absolutely killing it and then he just completely drops off. I don't see it. Angus Kreit, I think, can really bounce back. He is a little bit undervalued for sure. And Hudson Young is a great young player on the rise there. And they have a fair bit of time before their first buy as well. And the value pick is clearly Butcher. I spoke about Barnett in the mids video. They've both got good value, and you can pick either one of them. I think you'll do really well. Barnett probably has more of a safer role for the entire year, but I think Butcher could probably score a little bit better. So completely up to you on that one. I'm super high on that, obviously. And I think he's the only value guy, clearly. In this bunch with a few guys having potential for two to five points i would say hope you enjoyed that video guys and i can't wait to show you the halves the centers and also the wing fullbacks